Bible is a road map. The Bible is a road map to Christian life. When I was, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, I used to go to I'm in churches. I've been two years old. Independent fundamental Bible-believing churches. Heard the Word of God preached. Thank the Lord. What a privilege I've had. What a responsibility I have been given. And I'd hear these old boys, you know, talking about God and the Bible. And I'd say, man, I'd love to know the Bible like that someday. I'd like to know the book that way. But some of these boys, they just, you could tell they'd walked with God. So, uh, I buried a number of old saints. And I, their Bibles would be all worn. Pages are all worn. The Bible gets fatter with use. The Bible gets fatter with use. So some of their Bibles were real fat. You know, real tender. It also gets softer with use because the paper becomes broken in and I'd go through that and I'd see that they had poured over that thing. They just poured over that Bible. They just poured their life over that. Their eyes had wandered all through that book. They had notes and all kinds of things. Beautiful to see. The Bible tells us to be a lot of things. It tells us to be kind. And I just did that. I did a Wednesday night on anger. And then a Wednesday night on patience. And tonight's a Wednesday night on gratitude. And there's, a, there's a, one decision that changes every, everything after salvation, and that is the decision to be grateful. Oh, i got to turn this on. Gratitude and a thankful spirit are sisters and brothers. Sister and brother. Of each other. Thankfulness is an outward expression of what is in the heart, which is gratitude. So gratitude is in the heart, and it comes out in a form of thankfulness. So these are like brother sister. They're related to each other. You need them both. The Bible says to be kind. It says to be tenderhearted. It says to be giving, fearless, full of love, gentle, honest, humble, happy, sympathetic, selfless. Not anxious, but confident in God. The Bible says to be slow to anger and quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to judge. Innocent as doves and wise as serpents. Weary of false teachers, compassionate, strong in the Lord, courageous, patient, willing to endure hardness or hardship. So the Bible says we're to be single-minded and zealous of good works. If you had all of the, if you had all of those attributes down pretty well and lacked what I'm speaking about tonight, it would almost nullify the rest of them. You have been around people that have not understood or do not have a grip on the subject of tonight. They have they they have looked around them and somehow missed what you see if you're grateful. A grateful spirit is just something wonderful to be around. It's just something comforting to be around. Something pleasant to be around. Somebody that's grateful. Somebody that honestly, genuinely understands in some degree what God has done for them and is doing for them. And maybe even more than all that, will do for us. The half has never yet been told. What's coming for the born-again Christian is more than what you've had. More than what you've seen. More than what you've heard. I have not seen nor ever heard nor entered in the heart of man what God prepared for them that love Him. You can't get it. You won't be able to take it in. 
you're going to be astonished. When, when Job had all his trouble, his friends, his three, three friends, showed up. And the Bible says they sat with him for seven days and never said a word. Now, there, now I'm going to say this. I, this is not what I'm speaking about, but this is... When somebody has a horrid or a horrible loss, shut up. Those three boys, when they got around Job and saw how, hor- how he was suffering, they said nothing for seven days. They sat with him for seven days. The Bible says a stone-eyed. That's the Bible teaching you something. How to treat people in deep grief. Don't go up to him and say, oh, I know what you feel like. You're going to get up. You're going to catch it for that, brother. They're going to nail you for that. Or don't, don't start saying, oh, don't, quote, don't start quoting the Bible. No, don't start quoting poetry, quoting the Bible. Well, I have a good, just, it's best just to be quiet, hug them, love on them. And I say that having made all the mistakes. I've made every mistake on this thing. And I have experiences where I've, I wanted to say something, I wanted to come from them. There is no way in the world that you're going to get in there and comfort them. You're not going to do it. It's not com- I'm not sure if I can say that that way. It's not comfortable. You can't comfort them. Not able to be comforted. Too deep. Too raw. Too deep. Too fresh. Just maybe just go in there and put your arm around them. And what else can you say? Because you can't know the loss. You can't know it, right? That's a good way. That's a good lesson from Job, by the way. Really a good one of the things rarely brought up. But that's a good lesson. Those three boys did the right thing with him, and just stayed there quiet for a while. Um, but thankfulness is the outward expression, and gratitude is the inward expression uh, of the inward attitude. The Bible, I went through the Bible and did a lengthy study. I mean, I, I did. I did a tough, long, verse-by-verse verse study, pages after pages of going through verses. And these are my notes. I don't normally keep them and uh, throw them away after I do this. But every verse in the Bible that deals with gratitude or deals with thanksgiving. And this is a conclusion tonight. What I'm going to give you is a very... Kind of the tip of the mountain of conclusion. 139 times in the whole Bible I've found, maybe more than that. I'm not exhaustive on this, but I know at least 139 times in the whole Bible some form of thankfulness appears. Um, of the 139 things that I noticed, at least six categories, I came up with about six categories. And I'll briefly go through these categories, some of the things I found. So I'm sharing with you tonight some of the things I found about gratitude. And thankfulness. First, the Bible assigns some adjectives to thankfulness. It calls it a sacrifice of thanksgiving. By being thankful, it literally is a sacrifice to God. It's pleasing to God. If you're thankful, say thank you, Jesus. When I had, when I've had some, I've had some sicknesses, and nobody knows what they're like. But you, you're the only one that goes through it. You're the only one that knows what it's like. You know, nobody really can share in it. One thing about pain is you suffer alone. It cannot be shared with somebody else. They cannot know. 
Now, somebody may have something similar to you, and they'll have some similar experience in you, and that you can kind of have a little commonality on. But when you're sitting there and you're going through what you're going through, it's just for you. It's you. You and God, right? I mean, Millie, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even have a clue what that girl's been through. I don't like surgery one time. But I can't imagine getting surgery two times, three times, and I don't know how many do you have, four surgeries? You had three surgeries? I thought I had that right. We give the sacrifice of thanksgiving, the word thank offering in Second Chronicles 29. Three, the voice of thanksgiving is called in Psalm 26.7. Secondly, uh, where are we to be thankful? I found an interesting note when I went through these. We're to be thankful in public. There's nothing wrong with being publicly thankful. In uh, uh, 2 Samuel 22, 50, it says, I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen. I'll praise your name. There's nothing wrong with going to a restaurant and telling people, praise God, I'm saved. Praise God, uh, you know, he answered prayer. Nothing wrong with going among the heathen. Have no clue what that is. They don't know what you're doing. Nothing wrong with that. It's Bible. We're to be thankful. I mean, obviously, I think this one we're to be thankful in church. It's easy to be thankful in church. You would think. First Chronicles sixteen four and others. Uh, we're to be thankful to the world at large. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. First Corinthians. First Chronicles sixteen eight. We're to be thankful outdoors. We're to be thankful in God's presence. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make joyful noise unto Him with His psalms. Um, thirdly, I notice that by what means we are to be thankful. How are we to be thankful? By what means? Well, by poetry and by psalms. Nothing wrong with this book of psalms. Just reading the book of psalms and praying them back to God. It's a beautiful way to pray. People ask me all through the years, Brother Bill, I just don't know how to pray. I just start praying and I run out of what to say in five minutes. You know that song, Sweet Hour of Prayer, Sweet Hour of Prayer. Well, that was sweet five minutes of prayer, three minutes of prayer. I run out of things to say. Shame on us. God has showered us with blessings. You just got to spend a little bit more time thinking what they are. Maybe write them down. Maybe make a list. And begin to thank God for... Boy, when you get... When you, when you get some of you have never been sick. You've never been a doctor. You praise God for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But your time is coming. But once you've been a doctor, the beautiful things about being sick is it just gives you an attitude of gratitude, you know? Just wants to give you the attitude of gratitude. Our brother over here, Mike, the officer, chief, chief as we call him, he used to be a policeman. And he was playing tennis every day and went in and had his yearly checkup and had to have triple bypass, wasn't it? Quadruple? <coughs> Quadruple bypass. He don't look sickly. In fact, he was healthy. He was healthy. He's the kind of guy that just drops over in the court. Boom, just drops over. They don't even know they're sick. Well, he's grateful. That gave him something to be grateful for. Hey, man, you got, you got a lot of gratitude about that. God gave you a big dose, something big, big to be thankful. Thankful you get up in the morning, amen? You can thank him by poetry. 
I like poetry. I like song. You can thank him with musical instruments. You people just did that tonight. You thanked him with musical instruments. How great thou art. What was that song of thanks? You can thank him with singers, or as they say, sangers. You just did that tonight. Uh, and they did that. You know, David had, and Solomon had 200 singers. Full-time paid singers, by the way. He also had a bunch of paid musicians in the temple. And they wouldn't have thought about doing that without having those people. They had 200 singers and they had a bunch of paid musicians and they were there to praise God 24, pretty much, I mean, when they could, you know. They had a schedule on a regular basis. We're, Ezra chapter 3 verse 11 says, we're to praise Him with shouting. I know some of you folks come from up north, northeast, your state, state, which could mean over-serious, unemotional, at least expressively. You really have emotion like everybody else, but you don't like to publicly express it. But um, when I went to South Carolina, I got among, among, among a bunch of folks from the old mill working people. And they, they were saved and poor as a church mouse, but they were one thankful group of folks, and they didn't mind shouting. Went to Shouting Baptist Church. I'd never had been to one. It was a complete paradigm shift. Grace Bible Church was a state, quiet, you know, we'd, we'd, a few amens once in a while, you know. God forbid they'd, ever, they'd never applaud, never applaud everything, man. Oof. But, uh, but I went to Tabernacle, and it was just a complete paradigm shift on that. They were thankful, happy, sing, shout. Them old girls would get up there. Them old girls would get up there. Those ninety-some-year-old girls, they get their hanky. Glory to God, I got saved, and I can raise their kids through poverty, and it's our, And then they they get up there and they sing. Now their voices were shot twenty years ago. It wasn't about beauty. It wasn't about the beauty. It was about testimony. They were they were thankful. They had a gratitude. They had a grateful heart. And they were just exterminated. That's what the Bible says. And with a song, we're, we're, I will praise the name of God with a song. We'll magnify Him with my thanksgiving. Psalm 6930. Worthy, I noticed that uh, why, are we, why are we to be thankful? Well, number one, because God is good. It says, uh, 1 Chronicles 1634, we'll give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. And that's just all over the, that's a formula that's found all over the Bible. All over the Old Testament. He's good. Of course, prison folks, when I went to prison in Amaka, they say he's good all the time. Uh, it, it, we're, because why are, we, why are we to give thanks? Well, because his mercy endures forever. Because he has all his wondrous works. You, you, start, you start going into detail on that. Have you considered evidence beyond shadow of a doubt? That book he's talking, that little snippets he's doing. Those are daily devotionals. 365 of them. And man, they just touch the surface at the complexity of what he's created. I mean, the complexity of a, of a whale. You know, whales are found in, in like freezing water, like we're talking 33 degree water, ice water. They swim around in ice water like it's bath water, like, you know, 90 degree bath water. Why? They got this blubber that God gave them. That, and, then, and then you say, well, what do they do when they go to Hawaii? Because they migrate, humpbacks migrate all the way from that 32-degree water, 33-degree water. They, they go all the way to Hawaii. 
Well, Hawaii water is 75 degrees. Well, how did that, now they got this big old blubber on them, which has insulated them. And now they're down at 75 degree water in the sun. Well, they have an air conditioning system on their fins. All the heat goes out in the fins and it has an exchange thing or it's a real complicated exchange system of temperature on their, you know them whales got real big long fins. Okay, and so uh, because of His holiness, why should we be thankful? Well, because God's holy. Man, I am tired of wickedness. The older I get, the more tired I am of, of I'm, I'm tired of cheating and lying and, and uh, betraying and, and hurting and, and uh, deceiving and, and being malicious and, and being just vile. And, and all of that, all of the things, by these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of man. I'm getting, getting weary of it. Pretty soon I'm going to get out of it. And I'm going to be in His holiness and His presence, both in me and without, outside of me. I'll get out of it. And, and because we want others to know about Him, that's one of the reasons why we were thankful. We will show forth thy praise to all generations, Psalm 79.13. Because it's just a good thing. It's a good thing to do. Psalm 92.1 says it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It's just a good thing to do. Because Jesus did. That's a good example. I said, you know, we're all supposed to be like Jesus, right? I want to be like Jesus. Well, then be thankful. I want to be like Jesus. Then have gratitude. Now, we're all prone to complain. We're all prone to find out the negative and, and to harp on it. We're all prone to, to find out what's wrong with something rather than what's right with something. And you know, I got the same thing you got. I've committed the same things you have in those areas and catch myself looking at the looking at the downside rather than the upside of that. And where there's an upside of it, you need to look at the upside of that thing. Be thankful for it. Oh, Jesus, okay? Let's give some examples here. Jesus was grateful. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty five. At the time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. When he broke the seven loaves and the fishes, he uh, gave thanks. Why should you give thanks before you eat? Because Jesus did. People ask me all the time, do you give thanks before you eat? I try to all the time. Sometimes I do it with my full, with mouth full. You say, oh, it's just become a habit now. Well, good, nothing wrong with good habits. There's, ba there's bad hobbits, and there's good hobbits. That's bad. You, you have a, you have a, why not just have, you, you say, well, you're like, like you, they want to condemn you because you got a habit of doing something right. Well, go ahead. Hey, man, I'd rather have the habit of doing something right. Now, you don't want to lose the meaning, right? You don't want to make it just a, now I lay me down to sleep, now I pray my soul to keep, you know, that kind of thing. Nothing wrong with that prayer, by the way, if you say it with your heart. Uh, nothing wrong with it at all. So, the Bible says in uh, Matthew 26, 27, He took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. Why should we give thanks? Because others have laid down their own necks for us. Romans 16, 4. We have, who have for my life laid down their own necks. Unto whom now only I give thanks. Not only do I give thanks, but also the churches and Gentiles. So, who said that? Paul said that. 
Paul had laid his neck down for sure so people could be saved. But there were people that laid their necks down and he recognized it. He said, hey, they've, they've risked their lives for me. And I'm thankful. Think how much, we're in 2021. Think how many Christians have come before us and propagated and, and done what's right and we inherited their, the beauty of what they did. We've inherited it. We have it as a gift. Oh, we could be thankful for that. Man, oh man. Um, why should we be thankful? Because of the grace of the grace others have received. We should be thankful. If you really love people, you're glad when they prosper. I thank my God always on your behalf and for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. I thank God when you prosper. I, th- I got something to be thankful for when you grow in the Lord. I got something to be thankful for when Jimmy gets up there and can do a verse. John 11.35? Boom! He got it perfect. He's got that memorized, man. you got to memorize without ever reviewing. I love that. Thank that. Hallelujah. Start small, work up. Why should we be thankful? Because we have the victory through Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15.57 says, But thanks be to God who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You got much more of the victory than you realize. The, the, the evil one has been, has been conquered. His power has been broken. Death has no more sting and grave has no more victory. Why should we be thankful? Because we always triumph in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 2.14 Now thanks unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ. I think it was Chris Powell that quoted that verse almost every time he prayed. I prayed a lot with Chris Powell. And almost always he quoted that verse. Uh, why should we thank? Because we want God to receive the glory. We're thankful because we want, we want to make sure that we redound under the grace of God. Why should we be thankful? Because of His unspeakable gift. 2 Corinthians 9.15 Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Not, not even expressible. Uh, thank God because it replaces other bad talk. I mean, Ephesians 5, 4, neither, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. That jesting, by the way, has to do not with laughing. It has to do with uh, cruel and oftentimes off-color humor, which is, by the way, almost all the world's humor is off-color. Almost all of the world's humor is about bodily functions, uh, and, and you know what it's about. They, they, but Christians, we, we laugh at other stuff. We, we can laugh at other stuff. We laugh at Brother Jimmy struggling with these verse. We laugh at Brother Tommy getting up here and saying, let's sing verse 4. There is no verse 4. He's done it. He just forgot it. You struggle. You 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 laugh when I get up there and and you know say Romans when I'm in Ephesians or something like that. I I can't remember the last mistake I made, however. But you do. Why should we be thankful? Because this is the will of God. Now this is uh this is actually where this is. It took me all that time to get to the text verse. This is the that's the text verse. I didn't used to think that was a very deep verse. I kind of thought that verse was shallow. I mean, look at it. It's just a shallow. It's just, 
and everything give thanks for this will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. Seems to be pretty straight up. Now. Oh, my brother and sister, that's deep. You say, well, I want some meat. When Bobby died, you got to thank God for it. I know. When you go through your stuff, you got to thank God for it. That's not easy. Those words don't come out easy. When I had migraines, I thanked God. I finally got the idea how to get rid of migraines. One way to get rid of something is to start thanking God for it. If the devil's putting it on you by permission, he's going to stop putting it on you because he wants you to quit thanking God. You beat him in his own game. So he's got you complaining because something's, he's allowed, he's been allowed by God to put something on you of some suffering on you. No, oh, God. And pretty soon you start saying every time you have trouble, you start thanking God for it. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're good, God. Hallelujah. You start telling other people, getting inspired about it. He'll go, hey, quit doing that, man. It's going the wrong way. All I can tell you is my migraine's been gone, pretty much gone. 1 Timothy 2.1, I exhort thee therefore, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men. Thank God for President Biden. Better to have President Biden than nobody. Miramar, Myanmar, Myanmar, I think it's actually called Myanmar. I call it Miramar, Miramar Plaza down here, but it's Burma. Burma has no government, really. And the boy that you ought to read coming back from uh, Timothy Mang, he's been here. Issachar Mang, been here. These people have been here at Gospel. You ought to read some of the stuff going on. People murdering, settling scores. What happens when there's no government? People settle scores. You know what I mean by settle scores? They go kill people that they wanted to kill for a long time but didn't think they could get away with it. And they start killing each other. This gang goes over and takes over this section and this same goes over here. You say, you mean people got people they want to kill? Probably some relatives. Probably got some relatives. I'm not talking about born-again Christians. Um, so fifthly, when are, when are we to be thankful? Well, morning and evening, midnight, three times a day, forever. I really am convicted when I read Daniel 6.10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in the chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And as, as he did aforetime. No wonder his name is mentioned in the Bible. It, you know, it's big to have your name mentioned in the Bible. But Daniel's not just mentioned in the Bible. He's big with God. Because I know when the judgment of Babylon was coming on the children of Judah and Benjamin, and it was irreversible. No matter what they did, the Bible says it's irreversible. It's going to happen. You've crossed the line. It's over. 
He said if Job, Noah, and Daniel were there, they'd only be saved because of their own righteousness. Their women, their wives would not be saved, their children would not be saved, but they would be saved. And I thought, whoa, you've got to impress God pretty good to be one of those three guys. And I say, whatever they got, you can have it. You can have it. You can have it. The Bible says one thing about God you want to get really get real good. He's not a respecter of persons. He does not love Daniel more than he loves Brother Maxwell. He does not love Noah more than he loves Daniel Maxwell. He did not love Joe more than he loved Maxwell. Any one of us. David, we can have we can be like David. We can have a heart. They were thankful. They knew they had a heart of gratitude. So the question is tonight, I suppose, are you a grateful person? Now, if you're angry, like I said two weeks ago, if you're angry, obviously that kind of pushes gratitude out. Because if you're angry, you're also bitter. And if you're bitter, you're complaining about everything. Patience, what I spoke about last week, is the willingness to suffer and to go through hard times, troubles and things, and trust God through it like Job did when you do not understand why you can't imagine why. There is no real answer why. And there is never going to be an answer why. You're not going to know. And if you trust God, that's godly patience. And tonight we're talking about having a spirit or a heart of gratitude, which eventually comes out in a mouth of thankfulness. I have in my last uh, part of my life really tried to, really tried real hard to be thankful and grateful for lots of different things. One of them is about my wife. I've tried to be real grateful for the woman that God's given me. One way you can be married for 50 years. How do you stay married 50 years? Well, let me just tell you, it ain't easy and it's not natural. It is not natural for, one, for a guy to stay with one woman for 50 years. It's just not natural. Or the other way around. The woman's staying with the man. So how does that happen? Well, in some degree, as a born-again Christian now, because unsaved people stay married 50 years. I'm not going to give this just a Christian. Unsaved people stay married 50, 60, 70 years. They do. But they have had to practice some of the similar things, whether they knew where it was coming from or not. It doesn't make any difference. They practice some of the similar things that... Christ encourages us to practice. If you have a grateful spirit and a thankful spirit about your mate, that's going to be somebody you want to be around. If you're complaining about your mate all the time, they never live up, they never measure up, they never live up, then of course you're going to not want to be around those people. Right? I mean, it just makes sense. I wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to. So you got to, you got to beat yourself up a little bit. If you're be if you're you 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 gotta you gotta just beat yourself up if you start going. So I have made a program of of trying to lift my wife up. I'm not no hero and I'm no special guy, but I am going to lift her up whether she likes it or not. And no, I do not make her do lawn work.
She loves to get out there with the snakes and the spiders and the mosquitoes and the palmettos. And the other day she called me on the phone. I'm in my study. And she called me on the phone. She almost never does that. I mean, we're on the same property. She calls me on the phone. My phone rings. I see it's her. And I think, oh, she fell down on herself, you know, right away. So what's up? She said, there's a big snake out here. I want you to come out and look at him. What kind is he? So I, you know, immediately I wanted to see him. I was curious. I went out there. And this thing's about three and a half foot long. It's a big old thing. And it had eight lumps. And above it was a yellow wren. A yellow. Bright yellow. Gorgeous bird. Only about that big, and a little again, a wren, I think it is. And it was just, and it was just up above that snake, just. And then a blue jay was there doing the same thing, chattering. And it was a garter snake, the biggest garter snake I ever saw in my life. I never saw a garter snake three and a half feet long, but it had eight bumps. So I told my wife, I said it must have been eight mice. Eight rats or eight birds. Let's see, I got one more. I got one more thing. We've got to go. There it is right there. I always love that statement. Bob Jones Sr., when I went to Bob Jones, one of the nice things was at Bob Jones when I went there in the 70s was they had these statements all over every classroom. Every classroom had these statements that Bob Jones Sr. had said. Now, when he died in 68. I didn't arrive there to 70. But we still heard tapes of him and sermons of him and stuff like that. Uh, we had Junior, Bob Jones Jr. I love Bob Jones Jr. He was a swell man. Loved the King James Bible, by the way. Oh, just totally. Loved local church. Gave himself for the King James Bible and the Word of God. And he said, when gratitude has died in all the romance heart, he's well not hopeless. You've met him. Whatever happens, don't be one. Father, thank you for the few moments we have together in dwelling over this subject. It's a subject I have failed at hundreds and hundreds of times. But overall, I don't want to fail at it. I want to be upbeat and I want to be thankful. Whatever happens, whatever comes, Lord, help me to have a gratitude in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.